0: Welcome into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Got a chance to catch up with Jason Kersey of The Athletic, which I really look forward to uh, previewing and talking with him. And because we're continuing on with the theme of Arkansas what if questions. Uh, And one of the questions I wanted to ask him was about what if, just what if. Jeff Long and Brad Bielma were not fired at the same time. What if they were given another year? What if that scenario was handled differently? So we'll talk about that. I also want to bring up the Arkansas and Oklahoma basketball series with them. So it's going to be really great, awesome interview, really good conversation. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Right now I'm joined by a very special guest here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. It is Jason Kersey, who covers Oklahoma for the Athletic, but also used to cover the Razorbacks in Arkansas uh, for a good period of time. Very familiar to both programs, and we want to talk to him, obviously, about Arkansas and Oklahoma and basketball as well as some other things. Jason, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? I'm good, neighbors. Good to be back with you. Yeah, it's good to have you on, man. And uh, I just first off want to start with the announcement of Arkansas and Oklahoma in basketball. Um, I I know football is really where everyone's mindset is at, and especially in Oklahoma, I'm assuming so. But what was the vibe you got from people in Oklahoma, fans, when this was announced? Was anyone pumped up? Did anybody really care? What was the reaction to this?
1: You know, I think I think people were excited. I mean, obviously here football is king and uh, always will be king. Uh, but the Oklahoma basketball program has been pretty good through the years. Lon Kruger has been uh, at OU for a long time now and, and done a really nice job there. So um, so so I think it's exciting. And I also think a lot of people had the same reaction. I think that probably you and I had, which is what why don't things like this happen more often between the two schools? I mean, and I know we're going to get into that a little bit, but uh, I think a lot of people are like, well, of course Oklahoma and Arkansas should play. They should play in everything. Every year they should play in just about everything, I would think. I mean, the campuses are, what, three, three and a half hours? I should know. I made that drive many <laughs> times. Um, it's about three, three and three and a half, four hours. Uh, Tulsa's right, pretty much in the middle of it, and it just makes sense. I, You know, it was described to me by one person at OU like – they kind of had an idea of making it an indoor version of OU Texas, which for Arkansas fans who you know maybe have never been to that game, I mean the idea at the Cotton Bowl, split split 50-50. It's it's really cool scene. Might be a little bit tougher to tell apart because they're both red, different shades of red, but uh, you know it's not quite as stark as the orange and red, but still it's uh, it's really cool. I, I think it's exciting, and uh, I said on Twitter earlier today, it's like the George and Kramer thing, like worlds are colliding right now for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. And I think it's kind of cool that they're actually doing it in Tulsa, too, where it's not a home-and-home. So it, it makes it pretty easy and accessible for both fan bases and uh you know i was i was thinking about it though too because i don't know much about oklahoma as far as their basketball facilities and all that but i have been to the bok center and it's a pretty nice place and i just uh i've never been there for a sporting event though i don't know if you have or or not i may have just been there for concerts
1: yeah me too i saw i've seen uh let's see i think i've been to two or three concerts there i saw elton john and billy joel there that was awesome nice I, i saw muse there um oh i saw um who else did I see there? I, I've, I've been there. Oh, I saw Aerosmith there. So I've been there three times okay. uh, for, for concerts, but I've never, I've also have never been there for a sporting event, but I think it's, it's a great arena and, uh, it, they've, they've really done a nice job on it there. And, uh, obviously it's been attractive to big musical acts. So, uh, so I think it'll be a, a really cool, uh, cool arena, a really cool setting for, for a game like that. And, uh, as far as OU's basketball facilities, they're not great. I mean, they played in the Lloyd Noble center for as long as I can remember. It's kind of, uh, the, the seats are kind of pushed out away from the court, so it's not the most, uh, you know, crazy, loud environment for college basketball. So uh, it, it's not Bud Walton Arena. I'll, I'll tell you that.
0: Uh, and it's funny because I actually uh, went to the Justin Timberlake concert when it was at the BOK Center, which was obviously pretty awesome. So but that's one of the be. things that, Yeah, I, I thought about that. I was like, man, this is uh, it's a nice arena. So I'm looking forward to it for sure. And I know that there's been some history between these two programs in basketball. Like, uh, I was thinking about it. Looking back, I remember when Blake Griffin uh, came to Fayetteville and Arkansas actually got a victory there. I remember the uh, Rodney Clark connection when Rodney Clark was at Arkansas. He would they did a home and home type of deal. And it was really big, obviously, in Oklahoma. Mark was. And it's it's great that there's that. I mean, I don't know if there's you could really say any big games of consequence, but they obviously have played a lot. And I know in baseball, too, Oklahoma and Arkansas have played a good amount, sometimes in tournaments and whatnot. But I want to bring you up uh, this with you because I think it's fascinating. Uh, you covered Ar- uh, Arkansas and Oklahoma, so you know a lot about both programs and football. But I was shocked when I did research and look back to find out that Arkansas and Oklahoma have only faced each other in the regular season in football Back in 1926. And the Talloween Times, I think it was three times they faced each other in bowl games. One was in the 60s, one was in, of course, the 78 Orange Bowl, and then one of them being in one of the coldest and most awful bowl games of all time in the Cotton Bowl in 02. So it just hasn't happened very often. But yet these two programs and these two campuses are so close by. Do you have any explanation or any reasoning, maybe, why? That series has never happened. Why no home and home and football? Like I get that Oklahoma is a big time program that a lot of teams probably want to play, but the fact that this game has not happened in nearly a hundred years in the regular season just doesn't seem to make much sense to me.
1: Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's a it's a series I think should have happened uh, plenty of times. I mean, there's the, the biggest connection is Barry Switzer. I mean, Barry Switzer is yeah. a grew up in Southern Arkansas played at Arkansas coached at Arkansas before he became the OU offensive coordinator. And then obviously the, the legendary head coach. So um, I, I think there's tons of, of reasons why they should play. I mean, you have uh, Keith Jackson who went from Little Rock to, to become a star at OU. You have Quinn Grovey who uh, left Oklahoma to go play quarterback at Arkansas. So there's a lot of little connections there. I mean, and there would be the States are right next to each other and they're not that far apart. So it's not surprising that there would be. And now uh, Levi draper transferring from from oklahoma to arkansas sam Pittman is from oklahoma originally i mean there's just one thing after another um that uh that make it an an intriguing option and i don't know i mean i sort of wondered if it was i mean again i i'm guessing here this is actually a story that that uh kelly stacy who covers arkansas for the athletic and i are are working on maybe for next week is why hasn't this happened and uh, I don't really have the answer yet but you may actually be able to answer this John I'm I'm curious what you think about this theory is it is it similar to the uh the reason why Arkansas won't play in state schools because there there are a lot of uh Arkansas grads in Oklahoma and I think there are a decent amount of Oklahoma grads in Arkansas is there is there some like maybe connection to that perhaps again I'm totally spitballing I'm just guessing
0: I mean, I, as far as any theory goes, it's probably the best one. Because like you said, there's no other logical reasoning behind it. Because I was trying to think, and again, this may be something you know more about. Uh, I was trying to think of any regional games that Oklahoma has played non-conference. I know they have to play in the Big 12. And, you know, they used to play Missouri all the time. And Can- the Kansas schools are obviously in the Big 12. So it's like, you can't really count those. But, you know, I, c- I can't remember any time that Oklahoma played... A non-conference game against anybody really in the region Ooh. and like i said maybe you can think of one but you know i don't, I don't think they've ever played lsu i don't think they've ever played obviously arkansas i mean there may be a few schools uh in the uh, you know texas area that they haven't played i'm not totally sure so maybe that's just kind of a general blanket rule is that they don't want to play anybody in the region well they and they want to go i'm, go I'm sorry john
1: no no but, go ahead well they played like group of five like they played Houston two or three times okay, uh, yeah. you know in the last fifteen years they played North Texas a handful of times um uh, so there have been some games like that but nothing you know and they play Tulsa uh, every every five six seven years maybe they right. they get a, they play with they play Tulsa usually like a two for one they'll they'll go to Tulsa once and Tulsa will come to you twice so um so there are there are those sorts of things but in terms of like uh power five big time sec you know type programs no i mean i I, off the top of my head uh i'm having trouble thinking of any that weren't group of five games because you're because like you said i mean so many of the teams in the region are uh are in the big 12 and you know they've got a they've got a series here in a couple years a home and home with nebraska scheduled to sort of try to um do a, do a, a home and home there to, as a nod to the history of that old rivalry. Um, and, uh, let's see, I think they have a home and home with LSU scheduled and they had, they were actually supposed to play this last year. Um, but you know, the, the game got moved for a, a handful of reasons. And I do remember right after I, switched from covering OU to covering Arkansas. There was a report, I think, in the Tulsa world where they had FOI'd emails between Joe Castiglione and Jeff Long where they were sort of bouncing around the idea of a like a kickoff game or a neutral site game, um, but that obviously never came to fruition. So so I don't really know what the reason is for that, and I don't know if there is a reason for that. OU, OU likes to schedule tough out-of-conference games they played Tennessee they're playing Tennessee again this year they've played um, Ohio State they've played Notre Dame I know Arkansas is playing Notre Dame uh, this year right in Arkansas That's right Notre yeah. Dame this year so yeah. I know there's a handful of uh, I know both programs haven't really shied away from playing those tough non-conference games but never against each other and and uh, I I don't really know what the reason is
0: yeah because I mean they do it in basketball and baseball so it always made me wonder about football well, I think it's And then looking at, like, the other school with Oklahoma State, I mean, it's like they play, they got uh, two games coming up in 2024 and 2027 in football with Arkansas and Oklahoma State. Then two more games after that in 2032 and 2033. They got basketball. They got baseball there, too. So, uh, obviously, there's a lot of history and a lot of games scheduled between Arkansas and Oklahoma State, which is great. And I think people really enjoy that. But I mean, Nor- you've made that drive because Norman's only, what, probably three, three and a half hours from Fayetteville, something like that? Yeah, probably
1: three and a half or four. It's about three and a half to Oklahoma City. So, okay. So, yeah. So, probably, so, it just
0: would make probably, sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, and they've also played, uh, they've competed in softball because uh, the coach at Arkansas was a, a Patty Gasso um, protege. They have played, I think they've d- done some women's gymnastics uh, meets here in the last few years. So, there's been a lot of. A lot of competition between the two schools and this thing is going to be cool i mean uh, the the 50 50 split and the playing it halfway i think it's really exciting um and i would sure love to see them play in football i think that would be awesome and i think uh, i think i think people would really enjoy that because it's almost like they should be rivals and there's you can do that all across college football well, these two teams should be rivals but oklahoma and arkansas just makes too much sense
0: Yeah, I mean, just the proximity alone. That was the one thing about Arkansas being in the SEC. They're still to that way to an extent, but even before A&M and Missouri joined the conference, I mean, they were so far away from everybody. Like, the closest campus was Oxford, and that was from Fayetteville. It was like five, almost six hours away. Like, it was so far away, and and they always kind of felt like they were on their own little island. And so that's why it's like, okay – so, why not start scheduling some games and playing some teams that are really close by? And the power, as far as Power Five opponents go, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are by far the closest ones. Like, I know that, uh, you know, that you could play maybe Kansas, is, which is probably not too far. And there's some teams maybe in Dallas. I know they play TCU and SMU. There, historically, they were there. But yeah, it, it just makes, like you said, too much sense. And. I just think it would be great for both programs. Now, obviously, Oklahoma's a much better football program than Arkansas. I don't think anyone's denying that. But it would it would just be a nice little way of Razorback fans really traveling to Norman. And I'm sure a lot of Oklahoma fans would travel to Fayetteville. Like, you would just have a really good matchup there. And with college football, especially suffering in attendance and trying to get people into the stadium, the that just seems like a, a too good of an idea to pass up. So I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. Like, I, I, far as I know, I don't think Oklahoma is against playing Arkansas or anything like that, but, uh, I know no. that it's also pretty difficult to schedule people in football right now too. Yeah.
1: Cause you have to, I mean, I, I chuckled a little bit when you said, and, and I'm not laughing at you, just the system when you, <laughs> when you said they've got some games against Oklahoma state coming up in, and then you said like 2027, 20, 2030, 20, whatever, yeah. <laughs> it's just sort of funny. And that's just the way college football is. I do wonder though, if that could have happened. Uh, or if maybe it, it could have happened with that that neutral site game if uh, if Jeff had, Long hadn't been fired because um, him and Joe Castiglione are so close. Jeff Long used to work. At Oklahoma, they're good friends. So maybe that could have happened if, if Jeff uh, hadn't been fired from Arkansas. I don't know uh, it, what what if they'd gone any further with that. And I don't know what Joe Castiglione's relationship with Hunter Juracek is, but um, I've got to believe that's going to happen at some point. I hope it does while I'm still covering OU because that would mean that I'd get a trip back to Fayetteville, which I very much miss, Fayetteville, Arkansas.
0: Yeah, it's a great place for sure. We'll continue our conversation with Jason Kersey of The Athletic here in just a second. But first, this.
1: You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.
0: since you brought it up, man, uh, let's let's dive into that, because we've been doing a a what if theme of the podcast this week. Uh, Obviously, there's not much sports going on. So we kind of look back on the past. And I did one yesterday of, you know, what if Bobby Petrino wasn't fired in 2012, which I feel like is the easiest what if question in Arkansas football, because that's when really the last time Arkansas was highly competitive. So to kind of segue that and something I know you would probably know a lot about, because this is around the time you were covering Razorback football. I want to ask you the what if question, because we know Arkansas football has been atrocious the past two seasons. The worst of the worst, bottom of the barrel they've ever been in as a program. So let me ask you, what if? What if Arkansas does not fire Jeff Long, who you would think for at least another year? Like When you look back to me, it always, I, I point to that as saying that was the biggest part of the Chad Morris failure, is because you fired your AD then you fired your coach and then you had to hire a coach where a bunch of people who never hire coaches before in their life are having to make the hire and they didn't do the the vetting process. I don't think was very complete. It just seemed like a mess. So my question to you, what do you think would be different right now for Razorback football if they had not fired Jeff long and fired Brett Bielema at the time they did it?
1: Oh man. Uh, I, I wondered that, uh, Right around the time that uh, Arkansas lost this last year to San Jose State and and then uh, Western Kentucky, I I remember in both those games thinking, I just don't think Bielema would have lost those games. Now, I know that, Brett, there were a lot of problems, and the program had clearly taken a nosedive, really, when Sam Pittman left, the the program started to take a nosedive, Um but I just I don't think they would have been that non-competitive. I just I just don't. I and but I say that and now I'm remembering that hell they almost lost to Coastal Carolina with Bealma. So it's yeah. not. So I mean, maybe they could have, but just the way that they got blown out in that Western Kentucky game, I mean that was just. I watched the whole thing. I don't know why, but I did, <laughs> and I just remember like thinking, you know, Brett Brett had a lot of problems, and and I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be fired. But, but man, I don't think that they would have lost like that. I, I think that they would have been more competitive. I think they would have won a couple of sec games at least. And and that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have fired him. I maybe, I just think it means they should have made a better hire. And, and I do have to say though, that like Chad Morris ended up being a disaster clearly, but uh, at the time of the hire, it's not like that was a bad hire. I mean, it seemed like a good hire, just like Brett seemed like a good hire when they made that. I mean, Chad Morris had uh, done a decent job at SMU. He had this reputation as an offensive guru. He Gus Malzon protege, a Dabo Sweeney protege. I mean, there were so many things to like about Chad Morris as a hire, and and it seemed to make and you know his Texas connections, everything about that seemed to be pretty pretty spot on. So uh, you just never know with those things, but if they, I mean, and, and I you know I got to say, and I I almost feel bad saying this because of how much I like him personally. I really like Jeff Long a lot personally. I always got along with him. He's always been very good to me. But given some of these things that are happening at Kansas and the way yeah. that 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 things seem a little bit hectic and, and the, the David Beatty stuff. And I don't know. I, um, I, I, I almost, you know, feel again, almost feel bad saying it, but my opinion of him has changed a little bit as an athletic director, I think, because uh, I, I kind of always thought he got a raw deal at Arkansas the way that he was fired. But, um but man, the things, his tenure at Kansas has not gone particularly smoothly. I don't think.
0: Well, and you're not the only one. I mean, I know a lot of Razorback fans were wanting him gone, but even some of the guys that were like you that I've talked to that didn't think that Jeff Long should have been fired, or at least not at that point in time, or really liked some of the things he did. You know, they're looking at what's going on over at Kansas, and and it just makes you wonder. Wow, you know, these things that are coming out public. You know, what kind of stuff could have been going on at Arkansas that wasn't public that nobody knew about? And so I think that that's where. People, at least in right now, they have a lot of faith in Hunter Juracek who took over. I think that they really like the Eric Musselman hire. But it's just it's just crazy, man, to think like Hunter Juracek literally in a night to make the two most important hires as an athletic director at the University of Arkansas. He had to hire a new basketball coach and then he had to hire a football coach. And it, it's just it's not an easy job, but it's just amazing how you think back to where. Arkansas was before Brett Bielema and Jeff Long got fired to where they're at now. And I just would have never guessed it'd be as bad as it was. And that's where I always said that, you know what? Like, could you have maybe fired Jeff Long but kept Brett Bielema on for at least one more year? And then mm-hmm. let, let Hunter Yerchek kind of, you know, get the feel for everything. That way he could go through the proper channels and make the proper hire. I don't know, man, because hindsight's twenty twenty. I know that there'd probably be... There's probably a lot of people that, if you look back on when Houston Nut was essentially let go, there'd probably be some that say, you know, hey, that should have never happened. But no one really says that because what's relative to the success that you have? And I feel like if they could just, you know, change anything, it would just be the, the entire process that went down. Because, like you said, Chad Morris was not a bad hire necessarily. It just, I'll tell you this, Jason, this is what sucks for Razorback fans. There are some, not a money. But there are some that believe that maybe it's not a coach problem. It's maybe an Arkansas problem because Brett Bielema seemed like he was a a rock star hire, a guy that at least you knew you were going to be competitive. And it took a nosedive. They hired Chad Morris and Chad Morris. You know, he did a really good job in recruiting and, you know, he was able to bring in some guys, but they were as bad as can be. It's almost like Razorback fans are just starting to wonder, will this ever get better? Can it get better?
1: Yeah, totally. And I I felt so bad for for Arkansas fans uh, last season and the season before, but especially last season watching that. I mean, they were the I, I think they were, if not the one of the worst FBS teams in America and, you know, maybe maybe even worse than Kansas, which is pretty uh, I've, I've watched a lot of bad Kansas football through the years, dude. And, uh, they might've been worse than Kansas last year. And, and that's amazing to me because man, when I, so I left, uh, the Oklahoma to take that job at covering Arkansas in May of 2016. And one of the reasons I did that was because, uh, one of the reasons I made that decision was because I thought Arkansas seems like a program on the rise. I mean, you have to, at that point, you had 2014 and 2015 where they maybe didn't start off the season great, but by the end of the year, they were the toughest damn team in the SEC, probably. Yep. I mean, you would watch them on TV and they're just manhandling everyone. And uh, I thought they, things are going well for them, they seem to be on the right track. And then you know you watch the way that first season that w- the one season I was there full time, 2016, the the meltdown against uh, against Auburn, just the total uh, blowout loss at Auburn, the way that they uh, melted down against Missouri in the second half uh, in Columbia, and then the Belk Bowl train wreck. Yes. I and mean, those three things happen, and you sort of think, oh, this thing doesn't, this thing seems to be going sideways or backwards at this point. And then the next season was was what it was. So. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's a shame because Arkansas has a lot of good history. It's a great place. Uh, they're great people there, and they deserve so much better than that. And so I hope that Pittman turns it around because I, 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 I've said this many times before. I grew very fond of not just the place but the people there, and they surely don't deserve that. <laughs> You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily
0: Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Uh, without a doubt, and, and let me ask you: Did you cover? Were you covering Arkansas when they played Florida in Fayetteville? Yes, can, when they, yeah, they won like thirty-one to ten or something, right? Yeah, you, you yeah. do real, you do realize that that was the last SEC home win for Arkansas.
1: I did not realize that.
0: Yeah, think about that. That was the last time Arkansas has won an SEC game in Fayetteville.
1: And wasn't Florida like a top 10 team? Yeah, they they won the
0: East that year. Yeah,
1: they did. I mean, that was a garbage East, but still.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, and and that's like the scary thing about it is I just think back to how long ago that was when Arkansas last won a home game in the SEC.
1: And that was like a week or two after that Auburn debacle, because I remember thinking, oh, well, okay, maybe, no,
0: no. (laughs) <laughs> nope. Yeah, it, it's, Florida it, just sucked. Yeah, I mean they were yeah they were completely and totally overmatched. But it's just amazing how much has changed in this conference, especially just since that point. And I mean, my I mean, for crying out loud, dude, it's like Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach are in this division now. <laughs> yes. Well,
1: yeah, they are. So it just Mike.
0: blows my mind how it just changes so quickly.
1: I think Leach will do really well at Mississippi State. I do not have faith in Lane Kiffin, personally. I think Thank Arkansas you. ended up in a better place with Pittman. I really do. Um, I, I All the stuff about how Pittman was like their backup plan to Lane Kiffin just cracks me up. Because Lane Kiffin is a disaster as a head coach. What in his track record, other than a couple of decent years at FAU, is there to make anyone think that he's capable of an SEC West head coaching job? Maybe I'll be proven wrong. But uh, I just I I can't believe he became like this. There there was this like bidding war between Ole Miss and Arkansas for him. I think Arkansas got lucky because, and I'm veering off track, so I apologize. No, it's fine, to the neighbors. But like, so Ole Miss, it just cracks me up. They go from Hugh Freeze, who, you know, ended up being kind of a little bit of a scoundrel, I think, in a lot of ways. Got him put on probate, or are they on probation, or they were on probation? Got I think them in all this. Sh- got them in all this trouble, this NCAA trouble, ended up being kind of a morally dubious sort of character uh, as well. So then they go to Matt Luke, who is just a great guy, nothing bad you can say about him as a person, Mr. Ole Miss. And they didn't win enough, so they just said, you know what, let's just go back to getting someone who is you know, morally questionable and – but it's just sort of the hot thing right now. Let's just go back to that. I think he's going to have them on
0: probation in three years. I really do. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that, dude, because I agree with you wholeheartedly about the Lane Kiffin thing. And I was one of those people that said if they like would have hired him. He, like, okay, well, he was one that, of the first coaches that actually it. got the job in um, uh, the, the SEC. Like, like, I think open. it was like, like really 1992 that, and like, uh, and he's, he's had more time rankings, and more time to put his staff together and all that. And he ended up with a worse recruiting class than what Mississippi State had. When they hired Mike Leach late, way late into the process, right. and so I, I'm wondering, like, you know, I, and I don't. I wonder. I feel like it's a fact that Ole Miss really hired Lane Kiffin. I feel like it was because it was more of a splash. It was more of a storyline. Totally. Like they didn't like having the the you know the whole uh, thing about Ole Miss is not you know they like party. It's a good time. It's a cool school. But it's like the Lane Kiffin angle. I'm like, okay, I don't know if you hired him because you think he's a great coach. You probably you hired him because would talk about it you knew people would talk about you talk about your program and i, I, don't, I don't know that's why i feel like it's not going to be anything good i think they're just holding their hats on oh well no he grew up and learned his lesson under Saban. he did he, knows he? dude yeah like that's what i'm saying i'm like i don't think he did at all <laughs> but that's what people think man i mean
1: i just that's don't know how think. i just don't know how to or whatever meh years at fau Equal an SEC West job and, or not just an SEC West job, but an SEC West bidding war for him. Um, yeah. I, you know, he is, I mean, the guy falls up like nobody's business. And <laughs> I, I, you know, and I've thought that for years, man, he gets fired from USC on the tarmac, gets the Tennessee job, gets Gets uh, fired by Ten. Uh, no, f- f- first, yeah, uh, Oakland Raiders gets fired unceremoniously by them. Goes to USC. Goes to Tennessee. Ends up as Alabama's offensive coordinator. It's like, uh, it's just it's just unbelievable that, that this guy has had the career track that he has. I, I don't know of anything to compare that to because it's so insane to me. Like I, I get that he's a he's a good football mind. I think he knows the game well, but I think there are just so many variables with him. Arkansas dodged a bullet, man. Can you imagine him on Dixon Street? Really?
0: <laughs> oh, I, man, and they don't need one of those, man. They don't need neighbors, that.
1: Neighbors, you and I have had some moments on Dixon Street that were probably oh, yeah. questionable. So, Lane Kiffin. <laughs> oh
0: man, yeah, especially single Lane Kiffin. You know, single like, Lane Kiffin. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be that would be such a mess. And that's where it's like, again, I don't know how good Sam Pittman's gonna be, but it's like I, I at least know that Sam Pittman. You know he, he does. He's such a good guy, and he and his players love him. Like every player that's ever played for him just loves him to death. Coaches like coaching with him, and they respect him. So it's like I'm I'm hopeful that you know Sam Pittman can kind of be like that Ed Orgeron guy. I'm not saying to you know have the success at Ed Orgeron where everyone loves him, all the players love him, the coaches like being around him. He makes good hires. And I think that you wouldn't have been able to get that with Lane Kiffin. I, again, I don't know which, who's, what coach is going to do good because this division is just brutal. But I like Arkansas' position, man. I, I for going back-to-back years of two and ten, and getting Sam Pittman in, hiring somebody like Barry Odom as the DC and Kendall Bryles as the OC, guys that have been around the game for a while. And I still think they got some talent. You know, I, I think that you know talent enough for what maybe to win five games, but still talent more than what we've seen. So uh, it'll be fun to look out at. That's for sure.
1: All Pittman has to do is if he can get that program some excitement, some you know, geez, five and seven, six and six. I think people will start coming back to the games and 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 be excited. And he and he, I think Pittman too is smart enough to know that he's never been a head coach, so he doesn't have all the answers. So he, he filled his staff with smart football people, um, who can help him. I just, uh, he wants to be there badly. You can tell that he, he wants to be at Arkansas and that's important. And I mean, I, I, I love the hire. I mean, I I've already said it once and I'm repeating myself, but man, the nosedive that that offensive line took, they go from being (laughs) one of the best, the best in the country to being one of the worst in a matter of seven months. Uh, I don't know if that's the miracle of Sam Pittman or if it's Kurt Anderson was that bad. I think it's probably a combination of both, but, um, but man, just the program never recovered. So he, you know, I I think, and I think it's also sort of a situation where, yeah, he can be that exciting guy that everybody loves and he can, uh, you know, get things headed in the right direction and then maybe hand it off to someone, um, you know hand it off to someone in good shape I, I you know I, again I you know I, I don't really cheer for any teams but I for our, for the sake of Arkansas people I a lot of the friends I made out there they they deserve better than this they just
0: do. Yeah. Well, man, uh, real quick before we uh, we wrap up this uh, conversation, I just I want I saw you all talking about it on Twitter and I want your thought on it with the Arkansas, Oklahoma basketball series. Do we have a name for it? it? Can we come up with a rivalry name, maybe a trophy? Yeah, well, what, what, what's going to happen? Well,
1: Bob Holt suggested to Lon Kruger this morning on the Zoom call this afternoon, whatever it was on the Zoom call, the tussle in Tulsa, which I mean, that's that's a good start. It's a good yeah. start. Yeah. Um, I, my suggestion was you make the logo and you make the logo of the rivalry, the two state outlines with the different shades of red and you call it parting the red sea. That's what I say. But I also know that Ar- every Arkansas rivalry, they tend to combine the state outlines for, um, trophies. So maybe that, maybe that's <laughs> overdone. Um, I, I love David Basil who I'm sure will be making the design for this trophy. Uh, and I, you know, so n- no offense to him. So maybe they want to do something a little different. But that was my suggestion. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you got? Do you have anything?
0: No, no. I haven't really even dove into it. I'm going to have to think about it. But all I know is, is I have not been able to stop laughing at your friend John Hoover who said, "Call oh, it, God. call it Bok Bok because of the BOKs with the Bok Bok and have Tyson sponsor it with free no, chicken for everyone. No,
1: no absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not.
0: Oh, no, man. No way. Yeah. No, no way. I don't think that's going to happen. But, man, that made me laugh, too, because I was like, it made, that's so ridiculous. It, it made me laugh and
1: roll my eyes at the same
0: time. <laughs> man. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm going to have to brainstorm a little bit, see if I can uh, think of something, because it's like surely there's some sort of like connection, some sort of. You know, I, I, like you said, was it the tussle in Tulsa? Is that what? Is that's, that what Bob? That's what
1: Bob said. Yeah.
0: Okay. If as long as we can do no worse than that, let's do no worse than that, and yeah. uh, you know, we can we can make it work. So I don't know. I'll have to think about it, man. I'll I'll get some uh, my research and my guys on it. We'll see what we can come up with. All right.
1: All right. Hey, that sounds great, neighbor. All,
0: all right. Excellent. Excellent. That's Jason Kersey of the Athletic covering Oklahoma as well as a former resident and former cover of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Jason, my man, it was great conversation. Appreciate you hopping on with us, dude. And uh, I know we'll be catching up with you later down the road, all right? Anytime, man.